GM friends, welcome to Web3 Bytes, a short but informative clip from one of our full podcast episodes. If you like this content, check out the full episode and don't forget to subscribe. It helps us grow, but it also makes sure that you don't miss another episode of the Web3 Academy podcast. Enjoy. Why do you see Web3 as a way to solve these problems for musicians? Or do you? Yeah. You never do. You. I, I guess. Good do point. You. <laughs> good point. It is and it isn't. It's not a cure all. It's not a silver bullet. But it does have a lot of properties that give artists more creative control and more independence in their careers. From an artist perspective, the value prop is pretty simple. Quite frankly, it's like okay, we are uncapping what the value is of our music. We are no longer having to be defined by the distribution format. Because that's traditionally what's always happened, right? If the distribution of a vinyl or a CD or anything in the past, it's always been like, okay, you can sell it for this much. Like mm-hmm. streaming, $9.99. Like that's where we're all at. And with music NFTs, that didn't exist. It was, okay, I am giving a digital fingerprint that is persistent forever on chain that you have ownership of. You have ownership of this collectible. And I set whatever value I want for it. Just like, quite frankly, all the other arts do. If you look mm-hmm. at what artists like painters and digital artists have been doing forever. It's defining the value of their work. Musicians have never had that opportunity. And so that's pretty clear. And you would see the big highlights of someone selling a music NFT on sound and making more in 10 seconds than they would make in years of music royalties. And those are like big flashy headlines. Mm -hmm. I have some thoughts as to whether that's actually healthy or not, because It's not a fully sustainable business model by itself. I see it as auxiliary to building out an entire music strategy as an artist, but it can very much drive a lot of value for artists. From the fan side, I think this is where a lot of people get tripped up because a fan would say, why am I going to buy an NFT for an exponential multiple when I can just listen to all the music in my pocket and it's a better listening experience It's lean back. I don't have to do anything. Why would I buy a music NFT? This is something that Cooper Turley has talked about. So I want to give him credit. This idea of collecting rookie cards. If you think of it just as like digital collectibles, as like trading cards that you would have for like baseball or basketball or whatever, you buy a Tom Brady rookie card, whether you got it the day it came out or you bought it way after the fact for a higher multiple. I think it's an analog people start to understand. It's like, oh, of course, as Tom Brady becomes more prevalent and goes to the Hall of Fame and all these things will drive value to his collectibles because people define it as valuable. Same thing with music NFTs. If you take an early bet on an artist and they grow, you actually, for the first time in history, really as a fan, are actually able to get some of that value accrual. So... Perfect example. Daniel Allen is one of the biggest artists in Web3 music today. I would say he's got as good a shot as anyone is having like a mainstream crossover success. His first Genesis NFTs on Catalog and SoundXYZ about a year ago sold for anywhere between like 0.05, 0.1, maybe 0.15 at the top. You can't get one underneath one ETH right now. Like I go ahead and look, you can't find it. And that is all due to the fact of him building in this space. 
And if you were an early supporter of him, like you've also gotten to see that benefit. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice. Crypto and Web3 can be risky. You can literally lose it all. In fact, if you invest on account of what we say, you probably will lose it all. So don't do that. In all honesty, the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility and implementation anyway. So you should not take any of this as financial advice. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.